Hi, and welcome to IndieWire's Filmmaker Toolkit Podcast. My name is Crystal Fall, I'm the editor of the Toolkit, and my guest today is the great director, Lynn Ramsey, one of my very, very favorites. I love all the directors. I don't have directors on the show whose work I don't respect and don't want to dig into for 30 or 40 minutes, but Lynn, Lynn, is, Lynn might be one of our two or three greatest filmmakers uh, working today, uh, and I had a pleasure of talking to her last spring about her great film, uh, You Were Never Really Here, which is available on Amazon Prime right now. Uh, if you've got that subscription, you can see that for free. It's a great film. And uh, Lynn is part of our continuing week of talk of conversations with directors of films uh, we really hope don't get left out of the best of the year in awards conversations. Smaller films, uh, not with a huge awards uh, campaign behind them right now, but really some of the best work of the year. Uh, you know, I don't give enough credit for this on the show, but the music you're listening to right now is uh, by the composer Nathan Halpern, a good friend of mine, and who who uh, composed music for two films this year uh, that belong on that list of, uh, you know, best of the you know, smaller films that we can't forget. Uh, the Rider, Chloe Zhao's film, and also uh, Minding the Gap, a great documentary, which I think's got a really good shot at uh, making the Oscar shortlist, if not uh, a nomination. And this podcast is supported by the new film, If Beale Street Could Talk, nominated for three Golden Globes, including uh, motion picture drama. From Barry Jenkins, the writer-director of the Oscar-winning Moonlight, still shocks me that that film won, that's so wonderful, uh, comes a soulful drama about the power of love, based on James Baldwin, acclaimed novel. This moving story embraces the triumph of love and family. It's in select theaters on December 14th, and uh, a little secret, Barry's going to be on the podcast next week. And here's a, a conversation with uh, one of Barry and I's favorite uh, filmmakers of all time, Lynn Ramsey. You studied cinematography, and I think some people make that connection, but, and I think you've said this before, but it's really the, the photography that really kind of influenced, that was kind of, in terms of the art that you were doing before, that kind of bridged in, because at film school, I think you, you, you kind of trained to be a cinematographer, right? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I wanted to to be a painter, like, so again, again to art school and then, uh, like, I think I discovered photography about the same time and just became a Stella's photographer and, and then some people say the Stella's, I mean, I was really interested in details, that what, how they say things about a person and I think later on that kind of went into filmmaking. But when I went to film school, I, I, I applied as a DOP and you like my stills, I'd never shot anything. I was like terrible actually, you know, I couldn't move the camera, but I could light stuff and um, it was real trial by fire. And, but I realized pretty early, the, maybe first or second week, I was like actually photography, what I've been doing was closer to the direction than it was to, mm -hmm. to being a cinematographer. But I'm really glad I learned as much as I did because all that skill, you know, um, and working with cool people as well was invaluable later on. Because you, as a, as a filmmaker, so much of your storytelling is with the frame and, and using the frame, and I have to assume uh, there, and, and I, I know it's not documentary, but there's an element of realism, like you're, you're kind of using the frame in like a, in your films are not realistic, but they're, you know, in a realistic setting. I have to assume that element of kind of telling a story with a frame is a big part of it, right? Uh, I, when I write a script, mm -hmm. I think it's when I really visualize mm -hmm. the movie, but as well as that, the sound comes, you know, that's mm -hmm. a whole other picture. And one thing I learned about, a lot about, because I used to go to the sound lectures at film school and, mm -hmm. you know, when you, when you do camera and you go to the sound lecture, it's like, 
you're going across to the other mm-hmm. side or something mm-hmm. like that, you know. Like, but I try to take in as much about the holistic aspects of filmmaking as, as possible. So I was really interested in sound and I think that subconscious picture is, does a lot of the heavy lifting in my mm-hmm. films in a way that maybe you don't realise at first. Like, uh, but that, you know, certainly I think I, I think quite visually, mm-hmm. you know. I guess one of the things I'm, I'm really, I love your films, so I should just put that out there, and I've watched them all multiple times. Unfortunately, I've only gotten to see this one once, but and you've spoken quite a bit about being an instinctive filmmaker, and, and what's, and, but what I'm curious about is, because you are using your, your, some of these things that you're doing on set and, and the framing, where is that line between what you've done because the details and the things fit together. You're not a plot-driven filmmaker, but the details and all those things and there's a, you feel this sense that there's a plan, but then that balance of, uh, of all those skills and that kind of instinctive things that you're doing on set. I'm, I'm trying to figure out where, you know, what, what, what kind of preparation do you do that allows yourself I, I think it's in the script. It's like it starts in the script. And also, it's like you know because I write, you know, tend to write quite visually in the script. Like so, it won't be like it will tell you shots or anything like that. But it will certainly be like something that implies you're seeing something from a distance, or it's very, or if it's very, you know, detailed um, things about the character that that will, to me, say something about the character psychologically. Mm-hmm. So it starts there. Um, it was actually quite nice at Cannes to. Like, you know, because my films are quite visual, so they don't normally, mm-hmm. the screenwriting is never really that acknowledged, but that, in a way, because people think, oh, that's just, you know, comes in it from a, um, later on, like, you know, when you're shooting it, but actually I try and as much, that's when you fight, that's when you, in a way, when you're writing the script, it's when you really are starting to get a handle on what this film's going to be and what it's going to look like and what it's going to sound like. And, and I think that's why I've ended up being a writer-director, um, even though I love, you know, reading other people's scripts as well, you know, like, so, um, yeah, I still find that fascinating and stuff. I think there's an element, right, because you, just because you don't, you aren't a heavy plot person, that doesn't mean there's not a tremendous amount of structure in your films and how they, please don't, okay, don't let me sorry. stop, have your tea, do not, yeah, not no, have no, tea. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I try and plan things out as much as possible, I mean, the DP was, Tom Townend. I mean, I've been lucky. I've been. I've worked with some amazing DPs like uh, Alvin Kukler, Seamus McGarvey, yeah. who's amazing. They all bring to, Natasha Breer, who shot a short for me. He's an Argentinian oh, I mean, DP. Which one did you, I, I she shot? Work. She shot Swimmer, the short oh, film for me, which is tremendously beautiful. I mean, it's more like a like an art piece than a film. It was something I did for the Olympics, but it was really fun and. Actually, that film has kind of, I think, um, brought something to this film in the, in the sense because we made it quite organically. Mm. We were, you know, trying things out um, and we were able to do that. Like, it was a, it was a different um, kind of... Because it was so free, in a way, like, I could do what I liked, which you don't, you don't always get that. Um, but uh, the, the, I learned a lot working with Natasha, like, and, and I nearly worked with Darius Conji, which was amazing as well. But often to me, it's like I'll start with the DP and sound and music in the script. I will talk to, I'll be, I think I even gave Tom Townend a script editing credit because he came to Greece and, you know, we, I was writing stuff and I was like, you know, we started visualising it really early on. And that's why that when I had this crazy prep and I didn't, you know, I wasn't really finished the script and I got, but Joachim had a, like a, two months gap and he was like can you do it now I was like yeah I could you know <laughs> um, even though I was terrified I, I knew that the prep I'd done with everyone during writing the scripts 
you know, um, like meant that I could go straight into something, you know, like I had a good basis and stuff. So technically, like, pl- everything's really, you know, I try and think about and work everything out quite early on. And so when I go into a shoot, like, it's like, you th- but you always think you know, you know where you're going or know, you know where you, you know you you know exactly what you're doing. But but at the same time, I don't stick so closely to the script. If something doesn't work, I'll be like, now we have to change this. And I think in my feet a lot, and I, I I'm very aware of like ideas in the moment. Um, so I try not get I don't get stuck in short lists and things like that. I'm like, why is this thing working or not? And you have to think really, you know, it's a gun to your head kind of situation. A lot of people are relying on you, and you don't. Have, you know, you're going to, you can't go over time and there's money and blah, blah, blah. And so you, you kind of, sometimes in that moment, I feel like I'm the most decisive I've ever been. Mm-hmm. And it brings, a, it's like, you, I, I've learned, I learned really early not, not to go against that kind of gut feeling about mm-hmm. stuff. Because if I did it, I, I always felt it was wrong and it, it was bad. So somehow the pressure of cooker of that environment, I think, brings out the best in me, the best ideas, because... I'm like, I know that's right and I don't know why that's right, but it's right, you know. Um, but also it's knowing when something's wrong and being, being able to react to that, mm-hmm. you know. Or when something's better because some our actors get a better idea or someone else has got a better idea than what you thought was so great in your script. I'm like, I don't have ego about that kind of stuff, you know. And my understanding with this one mm-hmm. is that you were particularly kind of edge of the knife, right? Because it came together super... I think the story was that uh, the financing came through Can 2016 and you showed it at Cannes 2017, and and I think there was also an element of, um, so there was that, you're shooting it that summer, you know, you go May into like July, and I I think I've also read that you, you didn't have time with Joaquin beforehand. Like there was a sense of Mm. this one in particular, and it's also, I think, in scope, Mm -hmm. it's a little bit, Big, there's there's some action stuff. There's yeah, there's you yeah. know, I have to imagine this one in particular kind of like yeah. called on all of those skills. <laughs> I'm not sure this one could have been your first one, right? Like there was like that that like that amount of things yeah, that you were doing. Yeah, it, it was super. It was terrifying. It was like I mean, I did, he had a gap in his schedule. We were lucky that we had a financier that was like, yeah, like people liked the script, but I still wanted to do a bit Amazon more work. That, is this Amazon that signed on in 2016 well, or did they come on later? No, they, they signed on in 2016 uh, okay. as well, yeah. but we were we had some money from a French production company called Why Not? That uh-huh. They'd, you know, I kind of was like, started, I developed the script a bit through them and people, you know, Amazon really liked the script and a few other people in... It was a bit of a bidding war thing, which was weird for me. I was like, what? Like, like, <laughs> but we, like, and then I was no way in a million years I thought we'd be at Cannes the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily, like, because we had this kind of like um, a, a financier that could be basically, basically give us a go-ahead and Joachim said, I've got this gap. But mm-hmm. it was like, wow, we just, you know, had to go into it. Like, but he, you know, he didn't have a lot of time, but he came like really early. He was there at the same time as the DP or mm-hmm. the, you know, the so set. Yeah, he was like there seven weeks before. It was like, and and so that's when we first met, you know. But yeah, it was a trial by fire. It was, it was really you know to work out the action sequences. I'd never done anything like that, and so I, yeah, I had to really think outside the box and think about what where that how they would work and think about the psychology of the character at that point and how to do them in like a way that I felt I could do them well, mm. you know. Yeah, um, it's a wonderful performance by him. Mm. Um, and that's not a surprise. I mean, he, he's he when he has a good director, he seems to seems mm-hmm. to really take off. But there's also an element with this. I 
I don't always feel this way after I see a good performance. People say it, I don't, I don't, but the, <laughs> I don't, I have trouble for what you were trying to do with this movie, imagining someone else. Mm -hmm. And it's beyond his talent. There's mm -hmm. also, um, I'm going to probably use the wrong words, so mm -hmm. please correct mm -hmm. me, but there's a gentleness, there's a childlikeness mm -hmm. inside this menace, yeah. inside yeah. this darkness yeah. that doesn't seem fake. It seems yeah. very... Yeah. I think that's a really astute thing to say, that childlike quality, you know, that he has, because I think one thing, you know, he thought about is when you, you know, when you have that repeated trauma, like, as a kid, you can sometimes get stuck in a kind of, like, there's something quite naive about Joe that's pretty, that's beautiful, yet from one moment he can feel completely terrifying, the next moment he's, it's, it can be funny, and you just don't know what you expect, but also I think that makes it an exciting film to watch, you know, mm -hmm. like, it was seeing this, I mean, he he was getting big during prep, like that girth, the way he was building up and seeing a character develop that way with an actor in front of your eyes during all that time in prep is really, you know, it's quite like, uh, so he's putting, an amazing... He's, he's putting on weight, and yeah. even though you only had a couple, like, yeah, he, he knew yeah, about him, yeah. he's put on that weight. Yeah, he, he, he was building like this, I know, well, he had to go and play Jesus and yeah, the next Jesus, I was about to say, I haven't seen very badly, but uh, it looks like he's, uh, he doesn't... Well, no, I think that was important for it was a kind of idea of this kind of putting him this weight on as a kind of armour in a way. Mm -hmm. And that he wasn't that cut guy with the six pack and the, the way he walked and everything. And I think to me, that was this wonderful thing where you're, you're able to see how your characters sort of come to life and then chip it off away all the, the bits that feel like they're a little bit of a hangover from the book, which is like, you know, that doesn't work in the film you're making anymore, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? So certainly that was, I mean, it was super exciting to make, you know, and I'm hoping that comes across in the movie, but it was a fast and furious speed, but it was like everybody was firing on full cylinders, you know, um, and I had a great young crew as well, like a lot of, ex-NYU um, students or ex-Columbia you know, students or that were filmmakers now or some of them were directors, I didn't, I didn't know that and I could feel their excitement about making the movie and you know there was a time where I got to hang out with them a bit and I was hearing all about their own projects <laughs> and I could see that they were really digging it and they were really enjoying it and I think there was just a great energy on the set that was that was going into the movie you know. And that's important for you right, yeah. uh, I've heard you say talk about this before, is keeping it something manageable that's also mm -hmm. flexible where yeah. I think you have this great quote, I don't want to butcher it, but like the uh, <laughs> you want to run the set and not have the set run, you don't mm -hmm. want that mechanism right and mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. and that's the thing though is what this film does have a slight, mm. has got some technical stuff mm -hmm. you know anytime you're dealing with violence and action one mm -hmm. assumes Mm. You have it, or even Walking Phoenix. You have yeah. it might get a little bigger, but you were able to yeah. keep it that kind yeah. of tight. Yeah, no, I, I think technically because like because I, I mapped out the sequences so much, I knew what I wanted. I had to know what I wanted. I didn't have a chance not to know what I wanted with, with those things. And um, Tom, the DP, and Joaquin, and how all that stuff was involved, and it was very tight. You know what I mean? Mm. It was like we shot. Tom and I would meet up in the morning, like you know, like have we'd have to do. I mean, I was ripping things. I mean, I, I even had 29 days to shoot, so I had to cut 20 pages from the script during mm -hmm. prep, so it was a bit like having to do that, having to you know, find all these locations was pretty crazy, but yeah, maybe it feels like a bigger film, but it was certainly kind of super, it's worked out as we could mm -hmm. make it, but also having that kind of vibe where we could, you know, and I was very privileged and lucky to have this, mm -hmm. that 
we could change it as well. That we could, you know, that we could run with some other ideas mm -hmm. in the day. You know, as um, long as you had, because yeah. you were working the the one parameter I think is like yeah. 29, 30 days, something yeah, like that. Yeah, like, that that kind of thing without reshoots, without having yeah. a chance to get to to do it, and yeah. after that, you know, um, but also I had a great AAD that had shot like. Um, Dutch Descartes, I think his name is, but um, but you know he'll kill me actually. <laughs> Dutch basically, and he was had shot some stuff that was lower budget in New York and was able mm. to think about you know pulling out, making it a little bit more like a key crew unit, mm -hmm. like a, like a break off kind of thing where you could like run quite quickly with a few people. And I'm used to shooting like that, mm -hmm. so I think we found a way of making it work, but keeping the scale quite like you know to feel like a bigger film you know um but that was about being really specific you know it was like yeah it was you know kind of you had to always be there was never a point where we were in this set where we were ever just shooting something it was always cooking in gas and thinking you know like oh, if we get two hours to do this how do we do it like oh, let's think of the most exciting way to do it yeah what about um action for you i mean an economical way to yeah, do it yeah. as well <laughs> i mean yeah. there's there's an element um you know i mean this film has has a kinship with the other films in the sense that um your, your character and i guess all the characters are kind of dealing with a trauma it's just you know versus a rat catcher or a kevin or a, a Morin, where it's like the trauma is early it's there it's very specific and we're watching the pieces fall i mean that and it's beautiful this is ptsd this is layers and layers and layers of trauma that are kind of were put in his subjectivity and the narrative is kind of so that we have all these things kind of it's his dad it's war it's 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 this hideous stuff that's going on that he's going in to to undo um i have to assume that I mean, part of that clearly influenced the narrative structure, but I have to imagine that also, to a certain degree, mm -hmm. how we're going to experience the violence and the action is is, yeah. is that's kind of what guided it. Less than mm. we all wanted to know what a Lynn Ramsey action scene was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that very much so. It was coming from like you know, I think there was sometimes where we, you know, maybe I thought four days to shoot a sequence and I had one or half a day, and then I was like, how do you do this? Almost Tom and I sat and down and were like, if we had to do this in one shot, how we would do it? How would we approach it? Um, or, and um, that was a kind of great exercise, you know, mm -hmm. or three shots for the whole scene or two, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But certainly I always had the character in the back of my mind and I thought, okay, there's a second script for this, for the violence in this film and it's like, it starts off as much more mechanical and that, without giving spoilers away, became the surveillance cameras, you know, mm -hmm. like... Um, which, which is quite a kind of risky thing to do because if it didn't work, we what didn't have the chance like, to, to reshoot it. Mm -hmm. But at first I was going to shoot it in a different way and that was one of those light bulb moments where it was like, you know, when I thinking about where he was at at that point, I thought it should be a real in and out thing. Mm -hmm. and, and, and there's a lot of violence in a way in the sound that you don't expect. Like, this normally music papers up the cracks mm -hmm. in, the cut, in the cuts. Here we show the cuts, you know, by taking a time slice out of the music. So... Things like that came would be little tests I was doing in prep and, and thinking about like um, you, sometimes that you get your back up against the wall and you just like sometimes the best way comes you know mm -hmm. like and somehow the the film was telling me certain things you know it was going to be made in this way I didn't think I'd be shooting it in the summer which was boiling and 
crazy and spoiling. Yeah, like in the middle of July, August. Yeah, it was like horrible, you know. But yeah, I can't see any other way now. But it's I said, camera you know, though, that feeling of that. Yeah, that, that, that night yeah. sweat, grind yeah. the noise. Um, so I think that yeah, like I started seeing it as a kind of like you know the, I found the action sequence really through like thinking one should be mechanical, the next should be personal. Mm-hmm. Then it's a post violence where you don't even see you just join the dots, you know, and you trust your audience to do that. So. To me, it was exciting thinking about that as a kind of like second thing because I'd never done anything like that before, and then that brought that made it easier. Like you know, they were very we shot a lot of those sequences and very. Like, uh, I don't think there was ever a shot not used because we, we had to be so precise. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. And yet the sound is. I mean, you've always used sound really effectively, mm-hmm. but this is like right from the <laughs> beginning. Um, which, which I don't. I want to make sure. Paul Paul Davies is that his name? That's right. But I mean. Right from the beginning, because the unease yeah. of the Joaquin Fer- character is mm-hmm. um, is right there and very present in this in this yeah. sound design that I have to assume was something that you yeah. you know while so, some of the early violence might be mechanical and yeah it yeah. it is like what's yeah. this, intent, this intense this <laughs> intense frequency in his head like I don't know it's funny because Samantha Morton, who was in my film, Morvin Keller, she just saw the film a couple of weeks ago and she said, oh God, that's like, like she was a bit shaken up by it because Sam gets really emotionally involved in the, like I do, I mean, both of us are very kind of in the moment, like, and so is Joaquin, it's like, you know, just get, like a bit like kids herself where you get so involved in an experience, but, um, she, you know, when I'm filming, I tend to get super involved, and and um, she was like, "Oh, it's like a Francis Bacon painting," and I thought, oh, "God, that's the best description I've heard of this film. You should be a critic, because it kind of is." And I think the sound is is that as well. It was um, partly to do with me being plonked in New York after writing the script on a, um, in a in a village with no cars in Greece and being off the grid, and then you know, if you close your eyes under the L train or something, you know, like you feel like. You know, this is the sound of madness. You know, um, the things that I accept walking out this door yeah. on, 20, on West Twenty Fifth Street is, yeah. is a lot different when you yeah. <laughs> when you're here all the time. Yeah. So there was a kind of an awareness about mm-hmm. the sound, but also Paul Davis was involved really early on, and that's like going back to that the, the script is where things start. Is like I will kind of write sounds in and like uh, or think I sound a lot. Um, and, or it will be, it will influence the, the script or a scene, you know, like, so for instance, when, when I was living in Brooklyn during prep and, you know, like I didn't have one sentence to myself, and, you know, there was so much to do, but I had this just one little moment where I was sitting in my backyard, it was pitch black and I could hear all these explosions and I'm like, what the hell is that? And I thought <laughs> I was going crazy. But it was actually the 4th of July, but I couldn't see the fireworks. <laughs> so, but somehow I recorded it and was like, to said to Joaquin, this is what goes on in your head every day. It's like this. Um, and started thinking about the structure as fragments of glass. Like he's got your head full of broken glass. That's why I think the, that Sam's kind of Francis Bacon analogy was kind of, you know, it's all these different, it's, it's not flashbacks. It's kind of crazy. It's like, it's like a kind of mind unraveling. Um, but but yeah, like in the that. sense because you can't see the fireworks, but you can hear them. Yeah, and, and then minus that, yeah. It this. It, it, it's hard to explain. It's yeah. just that kind of like I knew that they, I'm just thinking about the violence that this guy saw and the oh, violence in his head and, yeah. and, and stuff. And so, sound I think was I talked to Paul Davis really early on. And in fact, yeah. we didn't cut. We don't ever. We never cut to like a, you do a picture cut, then you add on the sound at the end. We've always been like um, I've. Managed in some way, try and be very fluid about. We do a, 
we'll do a picture cut, get sound involved really early on, I'll do some work on the sound, then recut it towards the sound. And that's certainly what we did with Johnny's music. Johnny's, it was like getting a present and getting Johnny's felt music. You were like, oh my God, what are we going to get today? Because it when was so get, exciting. By the way, we're talking about Johnny Greenwood. Oh yeah, just, Johnny Greenwood, sorry. Does, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who you know. uh, did an amazing score. He did He did Kevin as well. Yeah. And um, I mean, uh, I mean, what he just did with Phantom Thread was, yeah. was unreal. Um, he what because I mean the thing about the unpredictability of this mm-hmm. character and where it's going to go it's so uh, Johnny's music has so much of what Paul's doing but then also it like has this kind of narrative like where the yeah. fuck are we going type thing yeah, to yeah, it yeah. Um, I'm curious about that is that something is that him reacting to you giving him things or yeah. okay. it's a kind of like it's I suppose the same happened with sounds as mm-hmm. with Johnny it was like Paul Paul and Johnny had seen it from script stage so they were thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, then Paul's reacting to the material that, and I, I, I sent like Johnny like, and I talked about some music I, I liked and stuff or things I liked with, jo- with Johnny. But he was in tour with Radiohead, so I didn't even know if I could get him. So I was, <laughs> the way I think I enticed him was like, here's five minutes, there, <laughs> there's fifteen minutes. So it was, he was getting it as it was unfolding, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that was, I think that he really, I mean, because we, I don't think. I mean, I had said really early on, I think this is going to be my most scored film, you know, but we didn't have any, like, resources for our score. I mean, like, really, you know what I mean? But I fought, fought hard to get uh, some players in really early on, and that was brilliant that I did, that we both did that. Um, but what would happen with Johnny would react to the real. Mm-hmm. He'd send us stuff. We'd feel like, and his stuff was, he's, he's pretty, it was pretty incredible from the, the get-go how, how, it became a bit like this character Joe. It started out as something that you felt that you it was a world you knew or were familiar with, and then it went somewhere totally different, like and and takes many different tangents. So it was really really exciting to get his music, and then what I, I would react to that music, and he doesn't cut to he doesn't like score to picture. Mm-hmm. So you would just get like maybe a fifteen minute track or a you know seven minutes of music, and you but evolving music, and so. We got his sound engineer and he like um, to, to 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 edit his music as well, and he worked very closely with Paul, the the, the sound designer as well. So that whole team was like you know, he knew John Graham Stewart, his sound engineer, knew his music very well as well. So it was all very like that was all very in place early on. Um, but certainly those tracks were, I mean, the editor and I, Joel Beanie, would be running up and down the <laughs> corridors of those rooms like you know like 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 you know leaping for joy thing oh my god this is awesome like it blew our minds and then we would take that and rework the cut or take the signs that Paul had done and rework that to the cut so it was a very organic thing yeah and I mean the story is and I don't, I don't need to dig through all this but the story is that they signed you up for can if you weren't right it, there's a reason your film screen I mean like there was I, I there's an element here because you're describing this incredible process with these incredible <laughs> artists, and this is a this is not, you know, this is a tricky balance of all these things, mm-hmm. um, I, especially in this kind of like fractured narrative sense. There, there was an element of having to rush to to mm-hmm. can and possibly mm-hmm. not. Like I don't think mm-hmm. the version that people saw in May is what they're mm-hmm. going to see yeah. here in New York yeah. in, in April. Is that right? Uh, well, it's. Oh, it was a hard, tough one, that, because, I, I mean, the, that's where they ed- ended up becoming like the shoot, you know, where it was like, 
you know, they were, I didn't, I, I think the financiers had put, shown it to Cannes, but yeah. they, you know, they never, I mean, I think it was more like, oh, here's, they asked to see it, you know. Mm. Cannes had liked my work, and then they were like, oh, we unanimously like this, and I, and I was freaking out, because I didn't think it was, you know, first of all, we didn't, there was no credits in the movie, like some of the stuff we hadn't shot, there was storyboards in it, like, you know, just to, for sequences that, mm. They were still to be shot. Like I kept some time aside for that we that I had to do some underwater stuff and like I kind of banked this thing, you know. And and so it was like you know it was a t it's tough. Like it's hard to turn can down, but at the same time I was like, oh my god, it's like um, you know I'll, I'll, I'll need to go. Is you know they they were super keen and I, I talked to Thierry and I was like, well, it's a work in progress. And also the kind of catch twenty two of a situation like that is that. Everybody likes it, it can, and then it's like you, uh, there was a promise, like we're still, you know, we have more be, time. That's gonna be fear. I'm gonna, I'm gonna review. Can mm. is tough. Can is tough. Yeah, it's they, brutal. They, yeah, yeah. And and you're showing them something that you might not think is yeah. is the is the, the finish. That's thing. gotta be very. And then that also what that buzz is out of can kind of sometimes mm. can, can define a movie. So that had to. Yeah. You ended up getting like, I think a six <laughs> seven minute standing ovation, but that had to have been like the Sweet. longest two hours. To yeah, I mean the, the funny thing was, with, you know, I didn't because I didn't have any time to think about it. Yeah. I had to shoot stuff like I was shooting like the stuff that we hadn't shot like a couple of weeks before can, and we were cutting it in mm. then. So we had to first, some things were like, to me that needed that, that I felt. That's like you, you know, it's just stuff we've assembled in rather than. But we did a really great job in that time. But it was just like you know, I felt like you know, yeah, it was a bit scary. But I didn't have t a time to think about it like at all. I was like, you know, we kind of agreed to do it, like in the proviso that yeah, we'd still be cutting later. Um, but yeah, it was terrifying. But I was I was too exhausted to be terrified. <laughs> the best part about it, and it was great to win prizes, was really that. Ovation you're talking about was like I really felt that people were in the middle of the film. I'm thinking uh, about six people have seen this film. <laughs> this is totally weird. Like there's two thousand and odd people here, but you could feel people really going with it and letting gasps and somebody was crying and it was like really crazy. Like I, I'd never experienced anything like that before and I'll never forget it. It was really overwhelmed because I'd I literally been in screenings with five or six people before them and not that many. You know. Mm. Like, and we we knew we had a good cut, but we just knew we wanted to refine stuff uh, a bit more, and we and we had to, we didn't have much time afterwards to, to to do that because then you're in that situation where it's like, well, everyone loved it, it can you don't need to change it, and I'm like, no, there's still things I want you to refine. But the best thing about it is we got the we had to do a pre mix for Canada. The mix was in five days, which is not what you do for a short film, really, you know. And so that was totally mental. But we got that 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 chance to. We had a pre-mix and then we had a proper mix for right. this version, so it's much more sophisticated. The the, the sound design and the mix, like you mm -hmm. know, you just although I think we did something kind of pretty rock and roll for Can, I think it's it's just much more detailed, you know. Mm. Um, and we got a bit of cutting time to 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 refine the things I'd shot later on. You know? Um, you know, one thing I always loved about your films, uh, there's a lot of things I loved about them, but, the, but there's an element here of there was. We're watching people deal with things. We're not moralizing about it, and I think even your version of this story is is, is probably less trying to mm -hmm. than Jonathan Ames's version of like trying to, you know, explain or justify, you know, or mm -hmm. trying to have a judgment on it. But this film also is just overwhelming in its trauma. It's about being overwhelmed yeah. rather than a kind of a study of individuals, yeah. and I. 
I know there's always danger of this with, with your films, but the, the, there's a part for me, and I, I, I'm going back and forth about of, of this, is how much of this is Lynn reacting to the world of what's going on. And at that point, we're talking 2016 and 2017, which it, the, the world feels a little overwhelming in terms of its trauma. And then I'm also yeah. thinking about the fact, I don't want to get into this, but there's also this element of like you had a traumatic experience with with JD's gun, and, and I know the story, but you, you went to this island in Greece with your family, and it's winter and it's quiet, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and this, that's when you wrote, wrote this script. I'm just, maybe this is just one of these things, Jonathan Ames' story is perfect for you, and you liked it, but I mean, there is this element here that this is very much a Lynn Ramsey movie, but I'm wondering how much of, of yeah. that PTSD is something that you're, you're kind of bringing in from, oh, from 2016. I think, I, I think we're, we're all getting a bit of PSTD from, <laughs> from from the right now, you know. It's a kind of crazy time. Like nothing's kind of like black and white anymore, or reliable, or there's so much information. Yeah, I did go off the grid for a while, which was quite interesting because I didn't have internet and um, I'm not in social media, and I got a lot more done in a weird kind of way. Like I like I found it quite like peaceful, and I could get focused and stuff like that. And perhaps because because I hadn't. I thought I was going to make a film and I didn't like um, um, and that was really painful you know but also you learn a lot it was that I brought uh, there was a kind of real like I'd made the film in my head like I mean mm -hmm. I, like you just you, you went to the positive things it was like it was kind of like really like I'd learned so much like I'd learned I'd done another and in a way I like it informed this there was a lot of fury there was a kind of like you know there was a kind of I will push to kind of make something really special, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, um, and take the good stuff, you know what I mean? Like from from yeah, like a pretty painful experience, but but yeah, like I I just um I find I don't know if that means I've got post traumatic stress. I don't know, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's. I but think it is a different you know, type of trauma in this movie and how you handle it. Yeah, it, well, I think it, the world's pretty overwhelming. It is. Yeah. I mean, I was watching a lot of documentaries. That's probably got more to do with this than anything else. Like, just about, you know, like, I think because I'm not on social media, I kind of learn a lot through watching stuff, mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, like maybe two or three documentaries a day, like about what's going on in the world. I like, try to look at different news from different places mm -hmm. and figure out a very crazy mm -hmm. time and crazy place. So, Maybe, but I think everyone's like that. I think you know, like uh, it's, it's 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 a disorientating time, and maybe it's a disorientating kind of movie. To perfect, I mean, it's a perfect mm -hmm. movie for twenty eighteen. Yeah. yeah. Um, unfortunately, for <laughs> unfortunately, twenty eighteen, but we have this one. Mm. I, one last thing, you know, I, is re is reading a bunch of your old interviews, and it's it's clear to me the amount of ideas and stories you have going on. You know, you're talking about Moby Dick, this uh, kind of sci-fi Das Boat. You, you just moved back to Glasgow, and you're seeing it's gentrified. You're like, oh, I'd love to make a movie about that. I want to make a, a comedy. Uh, you know, there's like there's these books you're reading. And it's like every book, you know, it's in one sense is uh, that um, the amount of inspiration, in these things that you could run with as many. I'm curious, I mean, is this something where um, it's a matter of keeping a bunch of fires in the iron, er, iron in, <laughs> irons in the fire to see which is going to, you know, like the reason yeah. this one yeah. was the one that went was because, you know, oh, this one falls together and it's, oh, yeah. Joaquin, fine, perfect yeah, go. Is that, yeah. is that really what it is? Um, I, I, 
Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really hard at the end of a film, you know, it's a bit like bereavement, you're a bit like, oh my God, like, you know, I'm still talking about it, I made it, like, finish it, you know, last year, and um, for me, like, you know, the films, it's a hard film to define, like, it speaks for itself, and there's a kind of good Lynch quote, it was like, you know, like, I'm, you know, some, the DP just sent me, like, last night, which is like, you know, like, I'm talking about my film, but it's a film that's, is really doing the talking, you know. Um, so, you know, it's, you know, it's. It, I think we with new projects, it's like a, it's just like I need that time, like I had in Santorini, where it's mm -hmm. just like you're sitting and you're really focused. Mm -hmm. But I've got loads of interesting, exciting ideas, and yeah, it's that one that will just be the the one that you know that like, you can't do, like you can't do without doing. So yeah. that's what it is. More yeah. than that, there's yeah. one that rises to the top. That is that. I is, guess. I yeah. guess it is. I guess it's a kind of feeling of. Um, you're going to be with with this thing for three or two or three years, like you know, mm. and then you need to love it like down <laughs> the line. You know what I mean? Like, you need to feel the same way about it. So it's got to be something that you find fascinating, or you're bringing fascinating mm. people involved to to be part of it as well. Yeah. Remove mm. remove the nonsense. Mm. Remove the business part mm. of it. Mm. Remove mm. The, the 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 projects that mm. you know we won't you know mm. the bullshit with those things. Mm. In the ideal world, just Lynn Ramsey as a creative. Mm -hmm. What is is it, is it three years? Is there should it, like in the ideal world with like the make one and go away, or is it longer? Is uh, it... I think it depends on the movie, really. Yeah, if you take away all that other stuff, I mean, I, I don't know. I've just got, I've got to a stage right now where I'm feeling super excited. Like I'm enjoying, you know, like it became, when you're. I started when I was in my twenties. It was like, you know, I was. I got my first feature made before I was 30, that was super exciting and my life became all about films and mm -hmm. like, you know, and you have your ups and downs and it's a crazy industry and, you know, um, you, you know, weird stuff happens, weird shit happens, you know, like, um, but the, you've got to remember to have fun with it, like, with it and I think that the, what was really great about this movie was how creatively, how exciting it felt every day, how that, you know, it wasn't, you know, you know it wasn't like, we were just going in and like doing a scene that was written and was there. It felt like we were always, always looking for something, looking for something more, and like it, and find. Or I just did work with Joaquin as well. It was just, I got to the end of this film and I was like, man, we should just keep shooting. Let's go make another film, you know. Mm -hmm. So in an ideal world, I think some films deserve to be longer lengths, or like some things feel sh they should be short. And yeah, I just like keep making films and be, uh, you know, like and making films that I think that. I'm hoping people still want to go to see the cinema you see, you know, like because, you know, it's to me it's so exciting being in a, going into a film, like I said before, where you actually go into a film and then you come out and you're still in that film mm. and having a collective experience of watching things together rather than just in the small screen, you know. So yeah, and no, I rock and roll, I'll be making films forever, mm. I'll just be like next week, you know what yeah. I mean? So, well, yeah. mm. Lynn Ramsey uh, is, uh, <laughs> I mean, First, you do you need to see this thing on the big screen. Uh, this is uh, you know one of our greatest filmmakers working today in the prime of her career, and this is uh, this really is a, a oh, she's blushing. I'm sorry, I should have done this afterwards. But no, I mean uh, you are someone that I uh, you know I'm, uh, this isn't going to air for this, but you know and Bam is going to go through and show some of your films this week. Mm. Um, but I mean it's a it's an amazing body of work that, that we, 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 we want more. So. <laughs> Thanks very much. That's really sweet to say, you know, because, like, that's the good stuff when you, it's, when it's been tough when you hear, like, when it's sunrise this year, I heard, like, all oh, these oh, this filmmakers, what were you saying? Just be careful. Oh, sorry. Um, like, um, 
yeah, and sometimes it was nice, there was a lot of young filmmakers saying, oh, your films are really inspiring, and you're just like, wow, that's cool, that's why you do it sometimes, because like, sometimes you're like, your mind's in like, God, this is such a nightmare, why, how can I solve this? And you've got to remember the bigger picture, you know what I mean? Like, you know, so that you're not working um, like in the hardware store, like you're yeah. doing something really like a privilege. You well, know? Young, young, young filmmakers view you as a badass. They're, they're, not, they're not one of these posers. They want to, they want to, they're like, the, a lot of young women are also looking at you and going, I, I don't need, I can do whatever I want. Well, maybe we that's, need to, we need to. maybe that's a good reason to make, <laughs> enough reason just to make movies actually, you know. All right, thank you. All right, thanks. Mm -hmm.